I, uh, great music today and just wonderful songs. And uh, boy, Rachel, where'd you go? Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Back here. But great harmonizing, great, great vocals this morning. Thank you. And of course, Joanne and John, just great, great job this morning. Thank you very, very much. And uh, this morning we have a wonderful treat. And by the way, Noel, um, it comes from a French word, which they borrowed from the Latin. And uh, it means basically birthday. And so in relation to Christ as an adjective, we describe his birthday. So it's a great, 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 great thing. See, I'm smarter than he is. So <laughs> plus, John, I had time to Google it while you were singing. So so uh, we good. <laughs> Keith, you got it, huh? Keith got it. Everybody give Keith a hand back there. All right. Well, it is the Lord's birthday, isn't it? We want to, you know, every Sunday we celebrate Jesus Christ. We celebrate that He's alive and He's well, and He's next. He's next to the Father, and He is our King. And uh, we celebrate that every single Sunday. But I'm excited when Christmas comes. I love the, I love the decorations. I, I like the feel of Christmas. I, of course, I have five grandkids now, so we get to buy for them, and you know, just it's just Christmas is a great time. But it's great because. It's all about Jesus, or it should be, right? And so it's exciting and it's great. But this morning we have a special treat, and we have uh, we have some missionaries here to uh, Kenya, Africa. And Chris and Lisa, just stand just for a minute, because Lisa's not going to come up here. She don't want to come up here. But give them a hand, will you, please? Very good. And uh, Chris, come on up, please, and grab your stuff. But uh, they've been on the mission field for quite a number of years. I think he was. you went on the mission field in 2006, 2007. You went back. Is that right? Am I close? Close. If I'm not close, tell me. You're close. I'm close. Yeah. All right. And so um, we, we, some of you, you might think he looks familiar because uh, he was here with us about two years ago, not here, but at the other building, and he stopped in just on Wednesday night and just to visit, and I put him to work, and you kind of spoke that night, but you wasn't ready for us, we weren't ready for you, and so I invited Chris back just to, just to let him present the ministry to Kenya, Africa, but oh, Chris here, I'm not trying to tell your whole story, but uh, I knew his dad before I knew him, and his dad was a longtime missionary to Kenya, Africa. To Africa, and then he come back and he taught at Baptist Bible College, and then he went on another mission trip to Hawaii for a few years, didn't he, pastoring? Yeah, yeah. 12, years. 12 years. in Hawaii, and so, and then I got to meet Chris, and 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 so he, he was raised on the mission field, but he come back and and kind of just uh, just did his own thing and served the Lord, but then the Lord in his um, late 30s called him back to Kenya, Africa, and so he said, yes, Lord, here I go, and so they're doing a fantastic work in Kenya. They've built um, uh, several churches and schools, and now they're working on a boarding school for the kids, and they're doing a fantastic job over there in Kenya. So, Chris, just, just take, it, just take a, you know, 30 minutes or so and, and just give us a vision for Kenya and how we can yoke with you and how we can get as excited about Kenya that you are, okay? Hey, great. Thank thanks. you for coming, Thank brother. Chris. All right. Okay. Well, good morning. Good morning. That was weak. Good morning, Cornerstone. Is this awesome or what? I mean, you're in, you're in this building for this a third week, is that right? Yeah, third week. Wow! I walked into this place and I could not believe I was in Decatur first of all, and then Cornerstone. It was like a miracle of Jesus has happened, really, seriously. So, y'all have a lot to be joyful for, you know. Um, that 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 word does not say that we're going to be happy all the time, but it says that because of Christ in us, we're we have joy. Well, my story start, starts way back before I was born. It tar- starts with my dad, and I want to just catch you guys up. 
Uh, many of you, this is a, if you haven't, if you've never seen me before today, raise your hand. This is the first time you've seen me. I thought that was the case. I told Ron, I said, you've probably got a pretty new audience. So uh, I want to just start with my story, and then I'm going to show you a couple of videos. I'm not preaching, so all the young people say amen. Amen. You're like, oh, great, not a boring missionary sermon. I'm not going to do that to you. I, I'm just going to share what God's doing in Kenya. But my story starts a long time ago in, in a place called Vider, Texas. Anyone ever heard of Vider? Woohoo! Vider. The Vider Pirates. Um, unique thing about Vider, back in the 50, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, it was the headquarter for the KKK of Texas. Okay? They used to call Vider the armpit of Texas, just up from Beaumont, Texas. My dad was born there. My dad was born in a home of hate. His dad was a, a drunk truck driver, and uh, his dad taught him to hate, and so he grew up hating. If you were not white, you were not right. He went to high school believing that. Wherever he went, he hated anyone that was not white. He met my mother. When he was 19 years old, he was out cruising. They did that back in the day. They would cruise, and he had a brand-new Corvette. And they went to a place called the Pig Stand. This is where high schoolers used to cruise, okay, cruising in a new Corvette at the Pig Stand. And he met my mom. She's a cute girl from Beaumont, Texas. And he said, I have got to get to know this girl. Well, she wouldn't have anything to do with him because he was smoking and drinking and it was rough, pretty rough around the edges. So he just kept on pursuing her. And she said, you know what? I agree to at least see you if you'll come and visit me at my church. So she was a Baptist and he went to that Baptist church and he sat on the back row just so he could see her. The next week, an evangelist was there, and he, for the first time in my father's life, at the age of 19, he heard the true story of the gospel of Christ, and he came down to the front crying like a baby, and he gave his life to Christ on that Sunday. Amen. And Christ did something in his life. He took that hate. He took all that, whatever my dad was feeling and living at the time, he took it all away. And he gave up the cigarettes. He gave up the, the running around. He gave up the drinking. And he gave up the hate on that night. Married my mom six months later, and life completely changed for him. He went to his pastor and said, what do I do now? Now that I've given my life to Christ, now that I no longer hate people, what do I do? And he said, well, why don't you go off to Bible college? He went off to Bible college his second year at, Bible, at uh, Baptist Bible College, his second year there. He was in a history class, and a guy came and spoke, and this guy was a missionary. And for the first time in my dad's life, he was 21 years old, he felt like God may be calling him to be a missionary. So he calls his mom. His mom was a Catholic. His mom answers the phone and she says, hey, hey, babe, how's Bible college? Great. Hey, listen, I think God's calling to be, me to be a missionary. And she said, that is fantastic. Again, Vider, Texas, mother, Catholic. Happy that he's saved. Happy that God is calling him into ministry. Well, that's awesome, son. Do you have an idea of where God might be calling you to be a missionary? Well, yes, mom. Africa. There was a silence, as you can imagine. She said, oh, no, son. God surely cannot be calling you to Africa. Surely he's calling you somewhere else. I said, no, I, I feel like God's calling me to Africa. And they said, please let that not be. Well, two years later, he graduates from Bible college. He goes on the road, and he starts raising money to be a missionary to Africa. And his family's telling him all along, if you go to Africa, if you take Jesus to those black people, we will never speak to you again. 
1974, we fly to Kenya, East Africa. And from that day until today, I have nothing to do with my father's side of the family. They won't speak to us. They, um, they just hate, and they still live in that cycle of hate. Well, we went off to Kenya. We moved to a city called Eldoret. Most of you do not know anything about Eldoret, but if I tell you, uh, let's see, you've got some runners in this church. I know Tommy's a runner, right? She's still doing, what's she like? Cross, okay, CrossFit. Well, if you've ever watched the long-distance race, the first two or three people crossing the finish line are from, they're from Kenya, all right? And they're not just from Kenya. They're actually from Eldoret, Kenya, and they're actually from one tribe in Kenya. They're called the Kalenjin people. They live seven, between seven and 8,000 feet up in the mountains. They walk everywhere they go. They run everywhere they go. Most of them are six to six foot two, and they weigh about 130 pounds, and their, their legs are about this round. And they were designed, God created these people for long-distance running. When these guys run long-distance, they sprint. They're four, four-and-a-half-minute miles for 26 miles. And these guys are incredible athletes. So I grew up with these people. They knew nothing about Christ. They knew a lot about running. So my dad got a chance to... We lived in the house of the first gold medal runner for Kenya, East Africa. Lived in his home. My father was able to win him and his wife to the Lord. And then my, my dad just had this amazing ministry up in the mountains of Africa. So as a young kid, growing up under, at the feet of my father, I got to see ministry firsthand. I learned to speak Swahili. I learned to love the culture. Um, I went off to boarding school. When I got out of school, I did what every 18, 19-year-old does. I wanted my own independence. I said, Dad, I'm done. I'm done with Africa. I'm done with you. I'm going to go do my own thing. So I came back to the States. And I joined the United States Navy. Any military people out here? Yeah, all right, good. Thank you for your service. A lot of people come up to me and say that to me, and I'm like, you know, I, I was a storekeeper. I, I was. <laughs> they're like, what was your service? I'm like, I like, I handed out toilet paper, and I gave, uh, you know, parts to people. You could always see me for some boots or something. That's what I did. But when people say thank you for your service, I'm like, you probably mean those guys that are over there fighting, you know, for a cause. I, I don't know that I serve very well, but I did four years in the Navy. And while I was in the Navy down in Charleston, South Carolina, I met my lovely wife, Lisa. You saw her stand up earlier. She really is a, the better of the two halves. She's not feeling well. She's actually been real sick over the last week, but she's having a great day today. And uh, she'd love to talk to you afterwards. She'll be out front um, with our stuff out there. But uh, we fell in love. I told the high school department about our engagement relationship. Her dad hated me, and I, and I didn't care. I loved her. And so we got married anyway. And God's just done some amazing stuff. When I left Charleston, South Carolina, my wife made me make two promises when we got married. She said, promise me we will never go into ministry. Check. We'll never go into ministry. I've been in ministry. Dad did that in Africa. I'm done. Check. No ministry. Number two, promise me we'll never go to Africa. Check. I'm not going back to Africa. I'm done. Done with that. That was a promise. And so we married, and I was like, all right. I got the girl. I made the two promises. We're good. Since we got out of the Navy, what do I do? I go into ministry. I was associate pastor of a church, and then a little church in Heber Springs, Arkansas, called me to be their pastor. We had some fun with that. Did that for a couple years. And then God took me into the business world. And for the next 15 years, I traveled all over the United States in uh, sales and marketing. Well, fast forward in our life, and we now have two kids in high school. I'm in San Antonio, Texas. I got out of the sales and marketing. I started two of my own companies, a landscape company and a private investigation company. Yeah, they work hand in hand. A lot of times we'd be spying on people while weed eating their grass. Be... <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not kidding. 
we would get a contract on, you know, this, this person's little questionable activity or stolen property and we'd be like mowing the grass and taking pictures. So watch your landscapers. They could be PIs. You never know. Watch out. We did it. We made a lot of money doing it. So um, we, we were uh, doing well financially. We had arrived. According to you ask any of our friends in the early 2000s, they would say Chris and Lisa have arrived. Big house, several cars, nice big boat. Uh, I was uh, had executive seats at the San Antonio Spurs uh, games. We were living the life and living the dream. Lisa, Lisa was in finance. I was running these companies, and we really thought that was it. And we already had our retirement package put together for the next 20 years. We knew what we were going to do. My daughter graduates from high school, and she says, Dad, for my graduation present, I'd like to go to Africa and see where you grew up. Now, again, remember my two promises, right? I already broke promise number one, but there was still promise number two. And I looked at her, I said, go see your mom. Because I'd been married for 20 years, and I had I'd kept that promise. We were not going back to Africa. Go see your mom. She goes and sees Lisa, and Lisa says, all right, family, family meeting. We all go to the living room. All right, everybody sit down. And when Lisa speaks in the house, we listen. You know? Amen? To, to all happily married men, can I get an amen? Thank you, as your wife nudges you. Um, so Lisa said, family meeting. All right, I have agreed that we're going to go to Kenya, but let's all say this together. We are going on vacation. Everyone, here we go. Come on, put your feet up. Everybody hold your hands up. Yeah, there you go. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do this several times. So what are we on? Vacation. So we all agreed. One by one, we all agreed we were going on vacation. All right, stay with me. All right. So we signed up with another team that was going to Uganda. That was on a mission. It was a mission, little missions trip. We went up to northern Uganda. We served there for 10 days. And for the first time, my wife saw medical missions. These people were in a desperate situation. And she actually got her hands in on it. Again, my wife's a finance person and had never done anything with medicine. Did 10 years, 10, uh, 10 days of medical missions there in northern Uganda. Then we went on a down onto the coast of Kenya. We went saw my boarding school, saw where I grew up, went down to the beach. We were laying out by the beach on vacation, right? Okay, good. Y'all still with me? Good. So we're having dinner like the second or third night. We're down on the beach and uh, having dinner. Look across the restaurant and an, an older gentleman walks in and him and his wife are eating. Then this guy gets up and walks over to our table. He, he says, Chris Moore? And I said, yes. He said, I'm Jerry Daniels. He said, we were next door neighbors 30 years ago when you were growing up in Kenya. And I said, cool. What are you doing here? He looked at me. He said, well, we live here. We're missionaries. He said, what are you doing here? And I said, we are on. In fact, I think my wife actually did that. She, in the restaurant, at the resort, she said, we're on vacation. And I looked at the missionary and he said, you're not on vacation. He said, "Uh, God's got you here for another reason. And I said, what are you talking about? Um, And I looked at my wife, and I'm like. (laughs) The next 72 hours were just miracle after miracle after miracle. God showed up in some crazy ways over the next 72 hours that made it very uncomfortable for our vacation. We uh, left Kenya Went up to, I think we were on our way back through Paris, spent two nights in Paris on vacation. Got back to the States, and my wife and I were both miserable. The money was still coming in. We were still both very career-minded business people, happy in our ministry there in San Antonio, happy with our kids. But all of a sudden now, God just put a U-turn in our life. I find my wife crying in the bathroom a couple nights later. I said, babe, what's going on? She said, 
it's time. I said, what do you mean? She said, we're about to do something crazy. She said, but I don't just want to be some missionary wife. She said, I don't want to be just some pastor wife. She says, I want to work. I want to be involved. She said, and I don't think the people in the villages of Africa need their financial you know, spreadsheets gone over. And I said, you're probably right. She said, I think God may be calling me to medicine. I said, okay. As a 40-year-old, she signs up to go back to college and goes to two years of nursing. She gets a 4.0. All the uh, 20-year-olds are calling her at night for homework notes and amazing what she's able to do because we're juggling two high school students, one daughter going off to college, a son getting ready to go to college. I sold my two companies. I go on the road, and I start raising money to go to Africa. Hardest 18 months of my life. I went into over 130 churches, spoke in boardrooms and high schools all across America, begging people to see the vision I had and to join us in that vision. From 2007 to 2009, I made six trips back to Kenya and started several ministries. And, um, and God just started showing up with partnerships and with people all around the world. I want to show you my first video. Let's get that queued up. It's called A Decade of Difference. You see, in August of this year, we celebrate... 10 years of doing ministry there in Kenya with Lisa and I. Real for Christ Ministries, reaching East African lives for Christ. And we put together this video about six months ago. And it was a way for us to say thank you to our supporters and tell people around the world what's been happening the last 10 years. Let's go there. Watch that. We are all part of a bigger story, one that God began long before we were born. He speaks to each of us and asks if we are willing to give of ourselves and follow him. Ten years ago, on a trip to several places across Africa, Chris and I saw many people on the coast of Kenya who were living without hope. Not only were they struggling to survive each day, but many were in desperate need of hearing about Jesus. At the time, the problem seemed so big, but God called us to do something to help. So in August of 2007, we started Real for Christ Ministries, and we committed to reaching East African lives for Christ. Our plan was to accomplish God's purpose for our ministry by training indigenous pastors and assisting them to establish local churches in areas where people had not heard. Our ministries would consist of evangelism, church planting, feeding programs, education, and medicine. Then we asked for your support to fulfill God's call on our lives. Many of you responded and partnered with us. You helped us to build churches, provide electricity and water, education, provide medical care, and then develop strong Christian leadership of pastors. Because of your generous support, we have been able to provide a quality Christian education for hundreds of kids in these rural communities. You have helped us feed thousands of nutritious meals to children who would have otherwise gone hungry. Because of your commitment to give, Real for Christ has treated thousands of sick and hurting people with proper medications and preventative treatment plans. With your donations, we have drilled dozens of wells across the coast of Kenya to meet the need for good drinking water. Many lives are forever changed. Families have come to know Christ and are attending our churches. Men and women who were desperate for a way to support their families have learned job skills, 
like carpentry, masonry, welding, teaching, cooking, and sewing. Now they can provide for their families. The community children in our remote schools received a balanced diet, medical care, and a Christian education. They are happy, healthy, and thriving. And we simply want to say thank you. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. Chris and I are just ordinary people with a passion for the unreached in Kenya, who God chose to bless exceedingly abundantly above all that we ever dreamed possible. Every day we experience miracles as we are honored to serve in Kenya. Today, Rural for Christ has established 10 churches, three Christian schools, and two clinics. With a staff of over 60 trained professional Christians, we are able to care for more than 600 children in these ministries. God has also blessed Real for Christ with a dedicated team of volunteers in the United States who work tirelessly with our child sponsorship program, keeping sponsors personally connected with their child throughout the year. So what's next? Well, we plan to continue establishing new churches in unreached communities, help train pastors realize their calling in ministry. Within a few years, we expect to have nearly a thousand students attending our three schools. To continue this pattern of growth, we must complete the fourth phase of the education facility at Maasai Corner Academy. This will give us the final four classrooms of the primary level. We're praying for $100,000 to get this accomplished. We also need to increase our child sponsorship program to have all of these precious children taken care of while attending our schools. If more children are sponsored, we can be confident that the needs of these three schools will be met each month throughout the year. The need in East Africa is great, especially on the coast of Kenya. But after 10 years, God has made much progress, and we remain dedicated to making a difference in the lives of the Kenyan people. As we celebrate our decade of difference, we thank so many who have partnered with us over these years. We also ask many more to join us and be a part of this incredible story. Be a part of what God is doing in Kenya. Amen. Give it, yeah, give a hand. <clears throat> it is cool. Uh, and, and we mean that. God just took two ordinary people, plain Jane American people, and God said, let me, let me just show you what can be done if you'll let us. And uh, so he said, this is, I, I know you're sitting here and you're saying, wait, aren't we two weeks away from Christmas? This is not a Christmas type service. I, I think it is. I think this is what it's all about, honestly. And I, I hope that you see that. Um, I'm excited about the future of this church. I, I tell you, I cannot tell you how excited I am. You are just starting something amazing, and this thing's going to explode. And it starts with the heart of the people within the walls. And uh, your heart should be full of joy, but you should be always looking outside and seeing what can God do for you and how can you serve the people outside these walls. 
And so thousands of people around the world, including people in this building, have given to our ministry over the years. And we are here to say thank you. I'm here asking for a partnership with your church. I'm, I'm always asking for money. People said, man, you missionaries are always asking for money. Yeah, that's what we do. We ask for those who cannot ask for themselves. And as you saw the, the pictures, uh, just an update. We shot that video six months ago. And an update over the last three months, we've brought in right at $75,000 has come in towards our $100,000 goal to build the next wing of this school building. And we've got another 40 or 50 kids sponsored. So we're excited about what God is doing. He shows up in spite of us, and he continues to bless our ministry. Uh, An update on our ministry as it sits today. When Lisa and I left for Kenya in, uh, in 2007, I started flying back and forth, and we put a budget together of about $3,000 a month. That's all we needed. And that was a hard ask. I was going to churches and saying, I just need $3,000 a month. Well, today, we're putting together our 2018 budget, and it's $31,000 a month that's needed to run our organization there. We have over 100, and we have 103 Kenyan men and women who we are on payroll, who we are a part of our staff, who we make sure that they're paid every month to help in our schools, in our clinics, in our churches, and all of our staff. We uh, have over 740 children are enrolled to start school in January in our three schools. So God has taken this little small thing. We started with a mud church and 12 little kids, and God has just said, Get out of the way. Let me show you what I can do. And he's done it. And he's done it because of our partners all across the United States. And and even in Europe, we have people partnering with us now. So I'm excited about what you just saw. I'm excited about the future. I love working with these Kenyan nationals. We are truly an indigenous uh, missions organization. And what that means is that we look to people of that country to step up and do what God is calling them to do. And they're, if they're called in medicine, we want them to help us in the medicine. If they're called in education, if they're called to be pastors, we want those Kenyan men and women to do what God has called them to do. And we're going to come alongside them, support them through that cause, help them get educated, help them get set up, help build churches, help get things going, and then back away and allow the people of God there in the nation, of, in the country of Kenya, to do what God has called them to do. And he's doing it. We've seen nearly 8,000 people come to Christ in, in the last 10 years. And, and that's amazing. My wife and I are primarily working now with Muslim people. Very few of them have come to Christ. That's a slow process. Um, We take a lot of time with them. And our big key to getting in the door of of most of these uh, homes has been through the children. And uh, and I want to show you, uh, I've got three videos I want to show you. They're all about two minutes long. And they're, they're they're the story of lives of three little children who we've seen since they were Two of them since they were born, but we've seen them over the last years um, raise up in our organization. I'm going to start with the story of, I think we've got, is it Elvis? I, I like the title of this little video. It's, it says Elvis is alive, in case any of you were wondering. Some people are thinking Elvis might still be alive. He is. Elvis is alive, but this little Elvis is in Kenya. Watch, watch his story, and I'll talk about him in a second. <laughs> Niko mtoto wa kwanza familia yangu jina langu ni Elvis I'm the first born son in my family in Kenyan culture this carries a lot of responsibility it is my duty to get the best education possible so that I can be the financial provider of my family My name is Elvis and this is my story in 2009, a nurse named Lisa came to my village. I was four years old. 
and so weak that I couldn't even walk. My mother had recently taken me to the local hospital where I was diagnosed with leukemia. She carried me on her back to see if the nurse could help. Lisa picked me up and began crying. As I touched a tear falling down her face, she prayed for me and told my mother that she would help us. Several days later, Lisa came to our home to tell us she had paid for my chemotherapy and follow-up visits. She also gave us advice on what foods I should eat and exercises that would help me get stronger. After two years of chemo treatments, monthly blood counts and taking vitamins to boost my immune system, I became stronger to attend classes at MB1 Academy. People ask me why I'm always smiling and I say, it's good to be alive. Today I am cancer free in fifth grade and 12 years old. I know that I would not be here if it weren't for real for Christ ministries. I'm so thankful for the many ways they have helped me. People ask me why I'm smiling and I say, I'm thankful to be alive. Um, maybe you're here struggling with some medical issues, and uh, you're sitting here just thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to be alive because God's given me another day to share my story. I talked a little bit about that in the youth department, and I told them, I said, I said, I hope I'm talking to a group of Christians. I said, but if, if indeed Christ has saved you, he's saved you for a purpose, and that is to share your story with others so that they may find Christ in their life. I love this story. Uh, Lisa's medical career has launched from a woman who's done finance for 40 years. God took the last 10 years and has done this amazing thing. We are in communities where there is no medicine. We identify communities where there's no electricity, no water, no medicine, no school, and struggling uh, to hear about Christ. And then we, we set up shop, and we go in, and we purchase land, and we uh, I, I work with young pastors out of Bible college and help get them plugged in to, to meet people of their language and their culture. And then we drill a well, and then we set up shop and start a school, and, and it goes from there. And, and God has just allowed us to do that. We've, we've now have nine strong churches, one new one just beginning. We have, yes, thank you. We have... Um, uh, three schools. One school we started last year. It's a kindergarten school, so it has 123, four, and five-year-olds. And then, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, amen for that. And then we have another school that starts the eighth grade next year. So in Kenya, we do three years of three years of kindergarten and eight years of of elementary or uh, primary, and then they have four years of high school. We carry our kids through the eighth grade. At the end of the eighth grade, they take a five-day, week-long exam, and then they go off to a boarding high school somewhere in another city if they qualify. Right now, currently, only 23 to 24% of eighth graders actually move on to high school uh, because of their grades or because of finance or other reasons. So we're hoping to slowly help change that number. Our second school, the red school that I'm trying to raise money for, we are in the middle of a phase that's going to last over a couple of years of building a boarding school. We're, we're way out in the coconut forest, and there will be no other facility like this, but it's going to be a boarding school. It's going to be a youth conference camp. It's going to be a pastor's uh, training center. We've got a vision for something huge, and God's already showing up and helping us do it. So keep praying about that. The next story I want to share with you is from a little boy from that school. 
His name is Philip. And uh, interesting about third world countries, their, their uh, political scenes are quite violent. Here in America, we're pretty split. Half the people hate Trump, half the people love him. But we don't go around killing each other as a result of that, not mass killing like what happens around the world. Well, every 10 years in Kenya, when there's an election, tribal violence happens. And in 1997 and in 2007, we saw literally tens of thousands of Kenyans lose their life just because they hate this tribe and they hate this tribe. They use politics as an excuse, but it's really tribal hatred. Well, Philip and his family got caught up in that, and his dad was beheaded in front of him as a little boy. And his story is quite unique. Listen to Philip's story. Every morning, it is my responsibility to carry our family's water from the well, several kilometers from our home. This is an important job. We use the water for drinking, cooking, washing dishes, and washing our clothes. I also have my mother in our garden. We grow corn and cassava, which is a root that tastes kind of like potatoes. I like to have my mother because she and my sister are all that I have. My name is Philip, and this is my story. When I was two, a war broke out in northern Kenya in the area where we live. Several of the tribes believed that my tribe had rigged the present election and voted to kill us all. My mother, who was pregnant with my baby sister, saw our family being murdered and took me away from there. We moved around a lot and stayed wherever we could. We now live on the south coast of Kenya deep in the coconut forest. In 2011, we met a man who invited us to church at Masai Corner. We really liked it. My mother enjoyed all the singing and I especially loved dancing with the music. I learned that Jesus loves me and also about the new school. It was so much better than the government school that I was attending, where there were about 90 kids in each classroom and also on the dirt floor. I was also very malnourished and it was hard for me to pay attention. We could not afford the school fees at Masai Kono Academy or even buy a uniform, but somehow Real for Christ Ministry decided to sponsor me. Because I'm sponsored, I now receive two meals a day, a good education, school supplies, a uniform, shoes, and my family and I have access to medical care at the clinic. When my Muslim friends ask me why I go to Masai Kono, I tell them that I love Jesus and love singing and dancing. My mother says because of real for Christ, we have hope for a better future. Hope for a better future. Um, I think that's all of our hopes as parents and as, as Americans. We want the next generation to do better than us. And so we strive to give them hope. That's what Lisa and I hope to give to these people in Kenya. I've got one more video and I'm done. I've gone a little bit over my time and I apologize for that. But I got one, one story of a girl named Anne. Um, like I said, we have 740 children enrolling in school in January. 120 of those are four-year-olds. Yeah, you want to be in that class? Woo, help me, Jesus. Anyway, um, Anne was a little girl when we came to Kenya. And uh, I got I got woken up um, in the middle of the night 
from my pastor, and he said, there's been a tragedy. A man was walking alongside the road, and a motorcycle came by in the dark and, and hit him and killed him. Well, that was horrible for us. I, I got up in the middle of the night and went and met with his family and helped bury their father. And Anne was the daughter of this man. And at, and at that moment in history, in her life, her life changed drastically. So enjoy this last video. Sad story, but it's, it ends on a positive note. And uh, then Lisa and I want to meet you guys outside in the, in the foyer and tell you more about our ministry. If you feel led to give to our ministry, great. If you've, I, I, first of all, I want to say give, give to missions, whether it's to Kenya or wherever. Give to missions because there are people like me around the world who are trying to share the gospel. Uh, if you want to give a Christmas gift this year and sponsor a little child, a child, we'd love to tell you how you can do that. But thanks so much for letting us be here today. Watch this last video, and then I'll see you after church. Thanks. I wake up early every day to help get my two brothers and two sisters ready for school. I am the oldest of five children. My main responsibility are to wash our clothes and care for my younger siblings. I love them so much. We walk about two kilometers to and from school at MB Well Academy. We are always excited to go to school in the morning because we are hungry and love to learn. When I grow up, I want to be a nurse like Lisa Moore because she has helped me so much and I want to be just like her. My name is Anne and this is my story. In 2010, my father was killed in a motorcycle accident. My mother was a stay-at-home mom and pregnant with twin girls. She delivered the week after my father died. She had five kids, no husband, and no job opportunities. Real for Christ Ministry heard about what happened and decided to sponsor us. They even gave my mother a job at the school, even though it was a very sad time in our lives. We had hope. It has been six years and we are doing well. Because we are sponsored, we receive two meals a day, a Christian education, school books, uniform, shoes. And my family and I can go to the clinic when we are sick. Without Real for Christ, I don't know where we will be. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Band, if you'll come on up real quick, and you'll play us out here in just a minute. But um, wasn't, that, wasn't that good, everybody? It's a great ministry out there. And um, so we're, we're, we're going to have um, just this morning just, a, just a, um, an invitation. And, and this is, you know, what we want to be thinking about is, is, is how, how, can, how does God want us to serve? Um, what, what has God spoken to us about and, and how can we, again, you know, worldwide missions and how that affects us. And so we're just going to have just a, just a short invitation time. So if you'll just stand with me this morning, please. And after the invitation, then we'll have our men come and we'll have our offering and we'll be dismissed. And uh, let's just, let's just uh, bow our heads and pray. Father, we love you. And um, Lord, thank you for Chris and Lisa, and Lord, and just the, the the thousands of people that you you know that Lord they were surrendered to your will and they're in your will, and Lord, and just the the thousands of people that, that have been touched, and 
thank you for all of those who support these children, who sponsors a kid in these schools, and we just pray, God, for your greatest blessings upon, upon them as well. And Lord, I pray this morning that if there's maybe some here that's been called to, to, um, to um, full-time ministry as a missionary, Lord, we just pray that you'll just speak to their hearts this morning and and, uh, and, Lord, that they can know where they're going and how they're going, Lord. We just pray you'll speak to them. We pray for those this morning, Lord, that you're just uh, uh, speaking to in their heart. And may you just have your way in, in all of our lives. We love you and we give you praise for all in Jesus' name.